Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When we were asking you on our previous edition of After Hours here on CBS Sports Radio to rate the quality of the football that you have seen this year in the NFL I will admit we got a bazillion different responses and they ran the gamut. Everything from minus 10 to zero to four, well, to one to two, three, four, five, six, seven, all the way up. I don't know that anyone said 10, but I think some people responded with off the charts answers similar to that. And a lot of times it was listeners who identified their teams as winners. So, for instance, Lions fans are having a blast this season because it's the first time they've had a winning team in years and one that they really felt like they could trust, not a winning team that was going to dump them on their rear. Or, as Dane Campbell likes to tell us, that would be back in the dumpers again. It's, It's not that for Detroit this year. So, I appreciate the fact that Lions fans are, they're, they're all in, right? They're, they are believers. And they are sure this Lions franchise has finally turned a corner. I feel wind underneath my freaking wings, man. See, Dan Campbell is your fearless leader, and you were on that same page with Dan. So I got a lot of Eagles fans and Lions fans telling me that they're thrilled about this season. They think it's highly entertaining. And I did get a few who said, hey, I love what we're seeing because it's competitive. That's not the same thing as quality of football, but it definitely is competitive in many cases. Now, in some cases, it's not, but that happens all the time. I would agree with you that even as the level of play has dropped in large part because of the number of starting quarterbacks, above average, high quality, expensive starting quarterbacks who've been hurt, because of that, we've seen more and more rookies And we've seen more and more backups. And in some cases, we're talking two, three quarterbacks, uh, not just the starter and the backup. And so it's, it's been hit or miss. We've had a lot of games, and it feels like a bunch of primetime games in which field goals take front and center. And that's, after a while, if you don't get into the red zone, yeah. I'm not saying it's boring, again, if it's competitive and it goes down to the wire, but give me a game 
like the one we saw between the Cowboys and Seahawks that's played at the highest level. And that doesn't necessarily mean offense. I don't mean it has to be 800 yards and 76 points combined every time out. No, we did see the Dallas defense stand tall in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter of Thursday night's game, the Seahawks only managed a touchdown, and it was actually a touchdown that was scored very early in the fourth quarter, meaning the majority of the drive. Now, it was a short drive. It wasn't even two minutes. But the majority of the drive happened in the third quarter, right? So the the touchdown itself is recorded in the fourth, but it wasn't really a drive from the fourth quarter. Every other drive in the fourth quarter, when the Seahawks had the ball, they were stuffed. There was an interception, and there were three turnover on downs meaning the ball was back to the Cowboys with no punts. So, yeah, it was a game with zero punts. Uh, but meaning the the Seahawks went forward on fourth down, and they came away with nada. So credit the Dallas defense. What it had to, it stood up. Now we've got a Cowboys team that finally has a win over a opponent that does not have a losing record. All right, so the, the Seahawks are the first team the Cowboys have beaten this year that has a winning record. I shared with you what Dallas has coming up. It's a gauntlet. Remember how the Jets started the season? Well, this is where the Cowboys are now. They beat the Seahawks only to find themselves staring at the Eagles. You remember their last game against the Eagles? Let's see. Dak stepped out of bounds on a right before was it a touchdown or two point conversion? It was one of those. He stepped out of bounds. They had another. Oh no, it was a two point conversion because it was Luke Musgrove, right? That ended up no, not Luke. Who was it? I, I, I am not sure. Okay, yeah. I feel like I'll go back and look with the Eagles, but I feel like they ended up with one guy whose knee was down right before he got to the end line. No, he definitely stepped out. I just can't remember if it was the touchdown or the two-point. Mm, it might have been Schoonmaker. I knew it was a Luke. Musgrove plays for a different team. Packers. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, not for the Cowboys. <laughs> you know me with my names. Uh, might have been Schoonmaker. Either way, I remember that they had one guy whose knee was down right before he got into the end zone, and they had Dak Prescott who stepped out of bounds just short of the end line. It was Tolbert? That name doesn't ring a bell. Are you sure? Just looking back here at the scoring uh, mm-hmm. rundown uh, in the fourth quarter, Tolbert seven-yard pass from Dak failed two-point rush. Right, but there was another touchdown that they thought was in, and it and it and they go back and look at replay, and it turns out that he was down right. before they get to the end line. So anyway, there were a couple of all that we just got <laughs> lost in the weeds. All that to say, there were a a couple of plays that. We're talking inches could have meant the difference either way. Now the Cowboys get the Eagles at home next Sunday night. So no going to bed early. Maybe string your Christmas lights and uh, remain awake for Sunday night football in its entirety uh, because you've got these two teams in AT&T Stadium, two of the top teams in the NFC, AT&T Stadium, and the Cowboys haven't lost there in 14 tries. A little bit different when the turf is changed. A little bit different when you've got a crowd that size 
that makes so much noise. It really does fuel the defense. And so, yeah, the Cowboys now, they look a little better. Their resume is a little more beefed up. But still, they've got a very difficult stretch ahead of them. The Eagles, and then they go on the road, and they play both the Bills and the Dolphins before they have the Lions on New Year's Eve Eve. So December 30th, that one's finally back in Detroit. So they go Eagles at home, Bills, Dolphins on the road, including Christmas Eve against Miami, and then Detroit on New Year's Eve Eve, the Eve of New Year's Eve. Do you say New Year's, Happy New Year's, or Happy New Year? I say Happy New Year. You do? Singular year. Okay, good, because when people say to me Happy New Year's, like more than well, one I year. I just mean this one coming up. Are you wishing me happy New Year's for the rest of my life? You just cover just it. Get them all out of all the in way. one fell swoop. <laughs> yeah, I say New Year, Happy New Year. It's because it is just one year. It's one year. I'm wishing you a Happy New Year. Exactly. Right. It's a Happy New Year. Right. Yeah. Okay. Good. Phew. <laughs> Otherwise, we're our friendship was going to be over. <laughs> I, I I agree. You agree? Uh, you can't have a New Year's. If I said Happy New Year's, <laughs> it's too many years. It's too long. I don't need that much of a projection. Also, how do you know it's going to be happy? Exactly. <laughs> Our show question of the night, and this is not TD of the week. Uh, why do I keep saying that? It's not game of the week. It is that poll separate. It is about support animals, emotional support animals, because we now have one in the building. Not when we're here. I think he generally leaves around midnight with his person, with his handler, with his dad but we do know that that's the only way you can get animals into the building right you're not allowed to have animals in any other way there's no shot that we could ever have a take your dog to work day i wish i worked at a ballpark okay not really but if i worked at a ballpark we would be able to take our dogs to work bark at the park bark at the park uh would you take moose to a baseball game I, I would. I feel he like might be so happy. He, he loves might. fish. What if he loves people? Or you I, take him to a Marlins game. He loves fish. He would like the tank, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, he would be low maintenance. I think he would enjoy it. He would like the people. He likes people. Mm, but I don't know if I would take him. Poor Moose. He gets left out of all the fun stuff. It's because you don't want his white behind in your car. He would be hot out there in the sun all day. Go in April. Yeah. I don't know when they do it. I mean excuses. Jay wants nothing to do with the dog. He talks about how Moose wakes him up and he lets Moose into his room and then Moose gets on the bed. But really, he just always tries to blame the fact that Moose doesn't like him much. Oh, he, no, you try to act like Moose doesn't really want to do this or do that. He doesn't want to go for a walk with me. He doesn't want to hang doesn't. out with me. I raised that thing. <laughs> that thing. That's so wrong. Okay. Coming up this hour, we'll do a QB news in advance of week 13 in the NFL. And the next hour, a defense wins championships. But if you missed my conversation with Josh Pate, he's already in Las Vegas getting ready for Pac-12 championship, which is Friday night. Then he'll be at the SEC championship, which comes up on Saturday afternoon. I cannot wait. The... Potential surprise party on Saturday evening 
is apparently six o'clock. So I'm just going to have to tell my friends that I cannot make it. So my one friend who is volunteered out of the goodness of her heart to pick me up, she wants to take, she wants to, to ride together. She wants to take me to, I thought we were going to dinner. Here's the problem though. If she picks me up, if she picks me up at six o'clock or she picks me up in advance of a six o'clock dinner, Eastern time. What if, well, Georgia, Alabama will still be going on if it's six o'clock. Do you think it's possible for me to tell her I can't go that early? Just tell her to come in for a minute. <laughs> but if it's a party, we would be, they'd be sitting around waiting for me at the party if it's a surprise. You're the guest of honor, so they're not going anywhere. Thank you. Make them wait an extra hour. You can and you might. No, 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 no. If we have a dinner reservation. By I, the way, all I'm saying is six o'clock is like prime surprise party time, by the way. Why? Why it, is six o'clock the prime? It's just scream surprise party time. Like seven would be like more friendly, five is a little early, six o'clock, perfect for surprise you party time. You just made that up. That's just what I feel. <laughs> well, tell us how you really feel. I have no idea if it's a party or just a dinner out somewhere. If we start to, so if she does pick me up, which. Pff, also scream surprise party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If she does pick me up and she starts to drive me toward our other friend's house, the one who originally set up what I thought was just a friendly Saturday evening dinner. I mean, it was going to be a nice celebration of the fact that that will be two weeks out from the blessed nuptials. But I, she never said anything about party. It was just dinner. And originally it was going to be just three of us. Now I know there's four of us. I don't know if there's more of us. But if we start to head toward her house, then I'll know it's not just dinner. Oh, yeah, of course. If you're going that to, if you're not going towards a restaurant, then who well, knows Well, I mean, there's point? a bazillion restaurants in my area. But yeah. I'm saying if we get off the beaten path because she lives out in the country and we head toward her house, then I don't know. That's a little suspicious. That would be an instant, like, that. then it might be a, a raging party at that point. Right. There's no way she can say to me, hey, we're just going to have dinner at Deb's, because that would be weird. Why would you? Yeah, why would you deviate at that point? Yeah. Huh. Huh. So the problem is I'm going to have to record the end of Georgia, Alabama, because if she comes to get me for a 6 o'clock <clears throat> dinner, that means the game will probably be at halftime. Oh, no. This is a bad idea. I don't want to miss the rest of the SEC championship. Any chance it would be on at the place you go to? Which I know isn't the same. Again, you can't, how, like, how rude is that, though? Yeah. To say, hey, can we put the game on over there? It's the SEC championship. True, but these might potentially be all women, none of whom are big into sports. But also, how could I possibly say, hey, thanks for the party. Yay, surprise. Do you mind turning on the game? Like, that's just rude. I can't. I can't. No, I can't do that. Jay, you, I can't do you that. Like, you just, no. like, you go to the bathroom. No. And you go to the bar and be like, hey, by the way, that they TV over know. there. No, no, no. They know what I do for a living. And I just think that would be a dead giveaway. Nah, it would be rude. It, when it comes on, just be like, oh, look, the game's on. And then, you know, you don't even, like, have to say that you're watching it just eyeball how it, do you, you know? have it no no i can't do that that's rude Side it, eye. It, no if they're actually throwing me a party and it's a surprise and there's more people there and they've put effort into it even if they haven't put effort into it that's what dvrs are for and no. so it's unfortunate no one tell me what happens uh, but that's i'm the tough part don't you dare text me i i won't 
but I get spoiled with that every day, so mm-hmm. I uh, it's the worst. But I would agree that probably is the best way to watch the games, the DVR, if you can go that time and not do it. But if you don't think you can, you can just always get it on the bar. Just watch it. No, I'm going to DVR it. That's what's going to happen. Now, I think Nick Saban is attempting to persuade the committee. He's very good at doing this in a subtle way. He's already thrown it out there into the universe. Jay loves it when I throw things out there. Don't even put it out there in the universe, he says, when I talk about potentially bad things that could happen. So here's what I'm saying. Nick Saban wants everybody to know the SEC is qualified. No matter what, there should be an SEC team in the college football playoff. And he's doing it before the SEC championship. Now, we just talked to Josh Pate, and I asked him, what happens if Georgia loses to Bama in Atlanta on Saturday, and he said, if you're truly looking for the four best teams in the country and you're not playing politics over conference champions or blah, 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 well, then Georgia has to be there. Alabama would have to be there and Georgia would have to be there, and there's no way you could leave one of those teams out if Bama beats Georgia. When it comes to Nick Saban, though, we have to take everything with a grain of salt because obviously he's subtly stumping for Alabama just in case something might go horribly wrong. So, yeah, he's already throwing it out there to the committee that the SEC must be part of the equation. The SEC is one of the best conferences in the country. I think Georgia is one of the best teams in the country. Uh, and I think that they're one of the best four teams in the country. I think if we beat them, we'd be one of the best four teams in the country. Um, because, you know, teams do, um, there's a transformation that goes through the season. Uh, so how are you playing now? Where is your team now? How good are you now? I think all those things, you know, come into play. But I, I think it would be a, a disrespect to the SEC if, Um, there is an SEC representation in the Final Four. I do believe that. It would would be a disrespect to the SEC if there is not representation in the college football playoff. Well, are you attempting to persuade the college football playoff committee, Coach? I'm not concerned about any of those things. I mean, we've got a big challenge here, and terms of trying to play the best football that we can play and prepare our team to play the best that they can play. Uh, I want our team to focus on the game uh, because that's what we can control. Uh, We really can't control anything externally, but we can try to control how we play. Uh, And I think that's the most important thing for us to be focused on right now. There's been a lot of talk about an Alabama-Georgia rivalry uh, because they played twice in the playoff championship. 2017, 2021, they each have one against the other, so at the expense of the other. And the SEC now has a running tally, four consecutive national championships. So coming out of the college football playoff, four in a row and six of nine overall. Can you believe it's been nine years now for the college football playoff? Whoa, it feels like it just started. But yeah, six of the nine titles. This will be year number 10 for the college football playoff right about the time that we're going to chuck it and change to an expanded playoff. I would agree with him that it seems impossible to leave the SEC out of it. But let's just say for the sake of argument, just for, for fun, for kicks and giggles, if you will. 
that you take a Pac-12 winner. Okay, so you have Oregon and Washington who are in the Pac-12 on Friday night. Okay, so if Washington wins, you can't leave Washington out. All right, they're number three. They're already into the top four. If Michigan wins, they're in. They're a lock. If Florida State wins, I don't know how. Now, I know the victory over Louisville wouldn't be as weighted based on Louisville's loss a week ago. Remember, the Cardinals have dropped in the poll all the way down to 14th. But they are a 10-2 and team, and Florida State would be the ACC champ. So would you see a scenario where it would be Michigan, Washington, Florida State all beating their opponents and taking care of their business, and then Alabama beating Georgia so that the dogs don't get in, but Alabama doesn't climb high enough from number eight. Could the committee look at that game? If Alabama beats Georgia, let's say it's a close game. Well, Georgia has a loss then, and they lost to a team that's number eight in the country. All right, so just kind of going by the ratings. Would you then just push Michigan, Washington, Florida State up? I don't know about Oregon. I don't know about Ohio State. Maybe Texas if they end up winning the Big 12. Ohio State would just have the one loss against Michigan, who would then be the number one team in the country. Or would you put Oregon in there because they lost to the number three team? I don't I don't think you're going to Pac-12. I think that's absurd. But could it be possible that it's Michigan, Washington, Florida State, and either Ohio State or Texas? Because they're already ahead of Alabama. Depending upon how the committee looks at this, if it's an eye test, I agree. You can't leave Alabama and or Georgia out. And I'm not even sure you can leave Georgia out if they lose to Alabama, if it's a really close game, maybe they drop out of the number one spot, but I don't know if you can leave, leave them out. Excuse me. So it'll be interesting. I do hope there's some drama. On Twitter, what's the after hours game of the week? <laughs> some of you are writing back with duh. And your emotional support animals. I am pleasantly surprised that not all of you are reverting to dog. Though clearly dog is the most common, the most prolific. Some of you are very creative. And some of you are weird. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. from behind the vacated net is Sergeyev. Dished it off for Hedman. Lead pass steered in by Sorella. Jari's got it right here. He's going for the empty net. Did he do it? Did he do it? He did! Tristan Jari has scored in the NHL. It's Penguin history. The goalie goal. Tristan Jari all the way down. Splits the uprights. First Penguin goalie ever to do it. And the Penguins have the put away, and it's from Tristan Jari, their goaltender. I think it was just kind of perfect scenario. They dumped it right on net, and I didn't even have to stop it. I just shot it right on the fly, and it just ended up going in. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. He's so nonchalant about it. Tristan Jari just made Penguins history. You hear the call there on Penguins Radio, and it just kind of went in. Just, yeah. I just got lucky. Good angle, I suppose. It was an empty netter. What's the big dealio, yo? It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. 39 saves. I don't know if you got excited about that or not, but yes, Penguins goalie Christian Jari. In a come-from-behind win against the Lightning, this is in Tampa, so unfortunately not in Pittsburgh where the home found, the hometown fans would have been over the top. Uh, but he was able to send this puck end-to-end. It's kind of fun, actually. It's one of those games that you might play. Uh, you see people pre-chosen probably, but uh, you see people who get the opportunity to try to slap a puck from one end to the other just to see if they can get lucky enough uh, to win some cash. But a minute to go, Jari has just the 17th goal by a goalie in NHL history. Can I tell you, I would have actually thought there were more than that for this very reason. Because a lot of times you'll get a man that's obviously, well, we know it's a man advantage when a goalie's been pulled at the other end. And so theoretically, you would have more shots generated by the team that has the extra man on the ice. So when a goalie stops a puck and then quick slaps it toward the other end, I would think that there would be a lot more than 17 of them. But I suppose maybe in most cases, the goalie's trying to be more careful and is directing it to one of his own teammates so that it's not a free puck and therefore potentially turned right around and fired at him again. 
Yeah, it's the position. Like, you need a lot of room to stand up, actually true. look That's up, true. get the shot off, clear mm-hmm. it over their heads, then still stay in position. So That's a good point. Yeah. So Jari's just the fourth goalie to score in the past decade, actually. And, yeah, he looked at the boards first. I guess he thought about clearing the puck, but then decided, nah, this will be more fun. First time in Penguins history. So what was going through his mind? Was he thinking about this? Honestly, I, I kind of looked for the boards first just to see what's open and what's around. And just it was just kind of the perfect scenario. Like it was it was coming in kind of slow and I was able to just, just to get around it and shoot as hard as I could. Pretty neat, honestly. It's something that doesn't happen very often. There's very few that have done it. So it's something definitely pretty cool. But honestly, the win means more. Of course it does. And I come from behind win for the lightning, but that's still a neat moment. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS sports radio. Before we take a break for the update, Marco, and then we get into QB news. Some of your answers, we've thrown this question out there. If you want to know how we generated it or how we stumbled on it, you'd have to go back to the beginning of the show. Cause honestly, half the time, I don't know how I stumble upon some of these topics or questions. My mind works like a plate of spaghetti. I start out talking about one thing. I twirl the spaghetti on my fork. And then as I pull it off the plate, all these other thoughts come tumbling and jumbling out. Uh, And so for that reason, I start one place and end up somewhere off the plate. Uh, (laughs) They're all jumbled up together. And one thought leads me to another, leads me to another. I might be a far, well, Mike McDaniel's pretty entertaining. I might be a more... Hmm. How do I want to say this? Well, we, let me think of, think of the right word, but Mike McDaniel and I both speak with stream of consciousness. I just don't happen to have as many gaps in, in my thinking and my uh, speaking that he does. So maybe I'm a, a more, con, he, I'm a more condensed version of Mike McDaniel. <laughs> and so we stumbled on this question. If you could pick any animal to be, your emotional support companion, what would the animal be? Our friend Matthew sends us a gif of a very large and scary kangaroo. Those things are mean, actually. Uh, kangaroos are, they may look sweet and cuddly, uh, especially the small ones, the babies, but they're not. They can be really mean. I had a buddy who lived in Australia for like two years. He said they're like a real problem. They're they're like squirrels are in the Northeast, like in how abundant they are. They just all over the place and they're vicious like if mm-hmm. you go out on a walk with your dog they'll attack your dog like they'll they're yeah. mean animals yeah one of the coolest things ever though when i went to a zoo where was this houston maybe i can't remember exactly where i was there was a petting zoo portion where there were young kangaroos all over the place and we got to go not only take pictures of them joys but, yeah but we also got to get up close with them we weren't you weren't supposed to touch them uh, you just but they were calm enough because they were younger that you were allowed to get close enough. You're walking around in the, the petting area with them and you could actually take their photos. It was pretty cool. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So Matthew goes with kangaroo. I, I don't know if he's joking. David says yellow lab or golden retriever. I like that he gives us the breed. Yes, goldens are supposed to be great companions. Penny is half golden. I've never had an actual golden, uh, but I know a lot of people who have golden doodles or golden retrievers themselves. Randy says a sea otter. That sounds fun. Their whole goal in life is to make everything a game. That's true. Uh, Let's see. 
Tom says, morning, Amy and Jay. My animal would be an orangutan. I love them. I actually have a really neat story where I shared a very special time with an orangutan in the Birmingham Zoo over 40 years ago. He's still there, and his name is Oliver. Oh, so Tom would like to adopt Oliver the orangutan. Our crazy granny friend, we don't actually know her name. I suppose that's not her given name, but she goes by crazy granny on social. An eagle. That sounds amazing. Emotional support. Because you could fly like an eagle. You could soar. I think eagles are incredible animals. They're among the best. You know, their eyesight is so sharp that from a mile up in the air, they can see an animal on the ground. I cannot relate to that. That's amazing. I know. That's true. I can't either. Uh, Jason says he goes with dog for sure. Uh, But Christy says prairie dog. Interesting. Another one, sloth or red panda. I like it. I like it. They might teach you how to be lazy. Jim Jim says Pippa, our cat. Um, oh, my gosh. And he sends us a photo of Pippa dressed in a Packers jersey. Do you know what would happen if I tried to dress my cat in anything? I don't think she would like it much. No. It, she would howl at me. Then she would scratch me. And then she would hide from me for a week. Sugar would never tolerate being dressed in a jersey or any type of clothing. Penny will, she'll deal for a couple of minutes until she can shake it off. Haha, ha, Taylor Swift. My stomach's already growling, so if you hear it, please just, just nod and smile. Ignore me. Uh, those are some interesting emotional support animals, you goofballs. All right. Q- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. News. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Hurry back to throw. And it is. Is it tossed? Oh my goodness, it's tossed. DeAndre Hopkins caught it. Dapper from under center. Steps back. Throws the fade. Cooper Cup's got it. Touchdown LA. Burrow back to throw. Looking. Firing deep got for it. Chase in the end zone. Oh, He's yeah. got it. Yes. Touchdown. Mahomes fires for the end zone, caught, touchdown, Kansas City! And off to Heckler again, no, Herbert keeps it, end zone, touchdown, 
Chargers. Herbert with his second of the day. Here's the snap. Josh going to keep it himself and run it again inside the five. Into the end zone. Touchdown, Buffalo. Josh Allen, nine-yard touchdown run. The Bills respond and then some. It's time for QB News on After Hours. We are getting set for week 13, the bulk of week 13 in the NFL. And if what we started out, Thursday night football, is any indication this could be a really entertaining weekend. First weekend in December, believe it or not. Dak Prescott, nearly 300 yards passing, three touchdowns, no turnovers. He is on some kind of trip right now. Lots of success for the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. It's about just believing and committing to it, and and that's what I did. And uh, not only just committing to, to Mike calling the plays, but the changes that were asked in the way that I play the game, my footwork, whatever it may be. And then, most importantly, the guys around me really committed to it. And and those that's the receivers, and that's them getting to their breaking points, getting to their depths, uh, winning at the top of their routes, consistently knowing and understanding where I expect them to be. That's the reason that that, that I'm playing playing this way. We know we can count on him, just trusting on us, giving us the deep balls, the one-on-one matchups, believing in us. And, and the guys up front, you know, they did a hell of a job, excuse my language, but, uh, for protecting. You know, um, not many guys got back there. We just had the time we needed outside to win. I love that C.D. Lamb on Amazon Prime, which isn't even television, uh, that he apologizes for using the hell of a job phrase. Yeah, C.D., another 100-plus yards receiving with a touchdown himself. And right now, you've got Dak and C.D. as one of the most productive quarterback-wide receiver combos in the NFL. As for Geno Smith, he gets nearly 335 passing yards and three scores. Does have a fourth-quarter interception. But the offense looked a lot better on Thursday night. I thought we got into a rhythm early, and then I thought we, uh, you know, came out in the second half and, you know, kind of started out, you know, strong in the second half. But, uh, you know, I wish we would have finished the game a lot better, you know, in those situations when we have the ball, you know, at the end of the game, chance to win it. You know, we usually thrive in those situations, and, uh, we, you know, we just fell short, you know, of the goal today. That could have been one of the Game of the Week candidates, but it was played on Thursday night and sets us up for what I think many of you are salivating over, Niners at the Eagles. So let's start with Brock Purdy. Remember last time we saw Brock against the Eagles, he got hurt in the NFC Championship, had to go back on the field late in the game, but couldn't throw anything. It was really tough. So what's the biggest difference between this guy right now in year two versus the guy who was unable to help the Niners close the deal and get to the Super Bowl. I think I've grown just mentally with this playbook, with the system, with um, just the guys that I'm playing with in terms of, you know, them knowing what they're going to get from me. Um, and I feel like at the time, you know, I was still trying to find my find my way in the NFL and, and play consistent and prove to the guys that I can play. So now it's all about, you know, how can I be consistent, you know, every single drive, every game. Um, and sort of being able to handle all the, the factors that come with playing quarterback, you know, the the noises, the, you know, keeping guys under calm, cool, collected, like that kind of stuff. So I feel like in that game or at that time, I don't know if I was that guy yet. So I feel like that's the difference. 19 touchdowns, only six interceptions. His passer rating for the season is over 112, and his completion rate is 
70%. He is steady Eddie, and the Niners are back on track with three wins in a row. Of course, the Eagles have five wins in a row. They're hosting this game, and they are unflappable. They've trailed in all five of those games and have rallied to win. So how does Jalen Hurts maintain that confidence level when things aren't exactly going their way? Just try and go out there and play. Uh, play hard and, you know, you know, enjoy the moment and um, just execute. I don't, I don't really, uh, I'm thinking about anything else. One snap, one series, one possession at a time. And the best athletes can, in fact, narrow their focus to exactly that. And they've got so much confidence, not only because they went to the Super Bowl last year, because they're never out of it. We've seen that week in and week out again with the Eagles, who have the best record in the NFL. What is the game of the week? You can find it on Twitter, After Hours CBS, or on our Facebook page. It's After Hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Another candidate, in addition to Niners Eagles, is Chiefs. Packers and Jordan Love, their offense is looking a lot better. So what's the change for him now midseason? Just comfort, being comfortable in the pocket. Um, Obviously, getting more reps, more reps is um, being comfortable with my reads, understanding what the defense is doing, where I need to go with the ball, and just just growing and learning every rep I get. Um, And obviously learning from mistakes, learning from the good plays, but just I think it's just comfort. Back-to-back wins for Green Bay as... The Chiefs invade. First time ever for Patrick Mahomes at Lambeau Field. Let's go! (laughs) The games that I've been there were the fourth preseason games, Um, so I I wasn't playing in the games, and so I'm extremely excited for it. Um, I mean, I've watched it my whole entire life, um, and I know it's going to be a hostile environment, and the fans are going to be loud. It's going to be a lot like Arrowhead is to other teams, like you're saying. Um, but I'm excited. If you, if you love football, you, you love Lambeau Field, and I'm excited to get the opportunity to play there. Two of the best stadium atmospheres in all of football. I've experienced them both. It's awesome. No clue if Taylor Swift will be there, but I do know Jordan Love is not a Swifty. Just useless information, but ah! what ifs? <laughs> Jared Goff and the Lions. They've got four of their next five games on the road. How do you attack it? Hey! Just coming together. It, it, it's the it's that time of year where we're hitting the home stretch here, and um, you know, starts this week with with New Orleans. And, and how do we come together and, and find a way to get a W in whatever way that may be? And um, yeah, it's it's fun being on the road in hostile environments and, and trying to find a way to win. First place in the NFC North at eight and three, and yes, they are in the Superdome to take on the Saints, who have fallen below 500 with Derek Carr. I see us getting better. You know, I, I was in the same building for nine years, and. I can promise you at the beginning I was answering the same questions. <laughs> you know, that's, that's why when I'm older, I may be a little bit more frustrated, <laughs> you know, with it. Um, and when you're younger, you're like, oh, I still got all that time, you know. And now you're just like, you get more frustrated. Um, but I promised you guys, and I promised my team that I was going to be super positive about everything and keep going in the right direction because I know feeling sorry about it and not working at it isn't it, that it's going to lead to the same results. 
Derek Carr is an all-in guy. It's one of the things I love about him. He also wears his heart on his sleeve, similar to your host, Amy Lawrence. And he's shown a little bit of frustration. However, everything's still available in the NFC South because right now the Saints and Falcons are tied for the division lead at 5-6. and six. Another Game of the Week candidate. Never thought we'd say this, but C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans above 500 hosting Denver with its five wins in a row. So you've got CJ and Russ together forever. I believe like there's only a wall if you allow there to be in your mind. So I don't allow myself to take a shortcut or um, have a day off or have an off day. Like um, that just doesn't fly with me. I think you're uncommitted or unmotivated if that kind of happens. Um, this is what I asked for. It's what I signed up for. Um, I don't feel bad for myself. Um, I'm blessed to be in the position I am. Um, and like I said before, it's not easy, but uh, anything great in life isn't going to be easy. I still got a little speed. You know, I still got quickness. <laughs> you know, so I, I, think, I think the biggest thing is just, uh, you know, when you, when you have a plan, you set, out, you set out to it. I set out to it a long time ago. You know, it's a, you know I think that um, it's a lifestyle. It's a 365-day mentality. Um, there are no off days. There are no, um, you don't have optionality on, on trying to, Trying to be great every day. I think that's just got to be your mentality. Do you know that Russell Wilson has 20 touchdowns and only four interceptions? Did you know that? And I know that in these five consecutive wins, the Broncos' defense, with all the takeaways, has really been the, the major focal point. But he is playing so much better and just more efficient football than he did Last year under Nathaniel Hackett, who obviously is now with the New York Jets and Aaron Rodgers slash Zach Wilson slash Tim Boyle. Uh, But Russ is playing really strong football. He's nearly 2,200 yards passing. And if you look at his passer rating, it's over 100. I mean, everything is better this year under Sean Payton. Uh, He's obviously got a really strong receiving core. Offensive line is better and the defense has figured it out. So Broncos are back to 500. After Hours, CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 